Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Hey Coach podcast. This is Eric Reyes, and this is the podcast that takes a look at business concepts taken from coaching and the athletic sidelines. Thanks once again for tuning in, and again, I have another awesome interview for you. This is someone who, after coaching three years of college basketball, felt that he wasn't influencing enough people and gave it up to influence a larger crowd. That idea changed Dan Horowitz's trajectory in life. A four-year D3 student athlete and captain at Newberry College, Dan already possessed leadership quality. After college, Dan coached for three years and then turned his attention to writing a leadership book from everything that he learned from his coaching and other coaches that he observed for eight years. His book helped them up. 14 Principles to Educate, Energize, and Empower Your Team to Build a Championship Basketball Culture, a leadership book for sports and business from a basketball mindset. Now Dan serves as a leadership consultant and assists sports teams and companies to help improve and enhance productivity, trust, communication, diversity and inclusion, as well as many others. His mission? to positively impact as many people as he can. So please join me in my conversation with Dan Hurwitz. All right, Dan, thank you for coming on. Hey, Coach, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Very excited to have a great conversation with you today. Oh, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Tammy Matheny, who introduced us. And she's, I mean, she's done a lot for me. She's introduced me to a lot of people. Yeah, Tammy is a, a great mentor and a friend and very grateful to have her in my life as you know you do as well. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Now, I want to put this out there that I was looking at all your information and you are not the rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> I as soon as I put it, I was like, Dan Hurwitz, and I'm like, the first two that came up were this rabbi. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I did have my bar mitzvah, but after that, um, okay. I, did not, I did not go on to be a rabbi, but that's very funny. Okay, okay. <laughs> so now, you are an author of the book that I see behind you, Help Them Up. love the subtitle, 14 Principles to Educate, Energize, and Empower Your Team to Build a, a Championship Culture. That's awesome. You're also a leadership speaker. I really want to hear first your journey from collegiate student athlete yeah. to where you are now. And I want everybody to hear your story of the re- of your recruiting process. Give us a little bit of that story. Yeah. So grew up in West Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, as a 10 year old, I, I told my mom I wanted to play college basketball. And at the, when I said that it was um, because I was watching UConn, which is the the big team to cheer for out in Connecticut, uh, and hoping I'd be on TV one day. And uh, you know, when it came to getting recruited at a high school, there wasn't a lot of college coaches that were showing interest. So I kind of helped myself get recruited by reaching out to 150 colleges. Uh, ten ten replied. Uh, a lot of those I had to reach out multiple times. And uh, three watched me play, and one said yes, and that was Newberry College. And uh, I really enjoyed it there. And um, I just think the amount of um, experience I got in regard to learning about basketball, there were so many great programs in the area 
Um, so I really enjoyed going to practices and, and workouts for other teams um, in the area like Boston College and Harvard and things like that. Um, that was a lot of fun for me. But also the people at Newberry um, were just great. It was a, a diverse group of people and from all different backgrounds and, you know, people from, uh, you know, New York, where you're from, you know, Massachusetts, Connecticut, um, but then people from the state of Washington and, and all over. So I really enjoyed meeting a ton of great people. And then uh, transition, transitioned into college coaching um, for the past three years and then decided to step away and um, and write the book and hopefully have a bigger impact on on more people. So that's kind of where we're at now. That's awesome. It's awesome because it takes a lot of determination to reach out to that many schools and to finally have somebody come out and say, yeah, we'll take you in. That's awesome. Now, you did research for this book and you did, I think it was eight years of research with, yep. with, the, with the book. Now, tell us a little bit about the book because the book is not just a straightforward what you think. You, you have a lot of schools that you research to go into this book. So tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah, so the in no way am I a writer, um, but I, but I, you know, you and I could have a great conversation about sports, leadership, and teamwork, and I feel very comfortable doing that. So I kind of had to go out of my comfort zone a little bit, and um, it started with me deciding to get out of college coaching. And I told my twin brother, who's my best friend, and I said, "Hey Ben, uh, I'm going to write a book," and he's like, "He's like, oh, well." He's like, okay, well, uh, good luck with that. <laughs> and let me know if you need any help. And so he walked away and my heart started palpitating. And I'm like, what did I just do? Uh, but the reason I told Ben is because I knew if I, if I explained what I wanted to do, I would actually follow through and do it. Right. Um, so uh, that was kind of, that was uh, in June, June 4th of this past year. And um, as you mentioned, I did a lot of research. So uh, for eight years, I, I went to a lot of practices and games, and I loved being a sponge and picking people's brains. And coaches were always so welcoming to me um, because you know coaches have a lot of knowledge and they they want to talk about it and they don't mind sharing it with a you know an eager uh, you know twenty year old kid that wants to learn. So um, I was very grateful for that. And um, yeah, none of these thoughts are coming from my head. It was just like really cool to see the consistent behaviors among championship teams for men's and women's college basketball uh, and, and just be able to, to realize that they don't require any talent at all. Like, you know, like any team can implement the principles. And, and that was what was so ex- exciting to me was just that, like, I, I put them together and it's very easy to, to implement, not saying it's easy to be intentional and, and consistent because there's so many things as a coach you can focus on. But I really think that, um, if a coach wants to improve their culture and the experience for their players, uh, the book is definitely a good place to start. Right, right. Now, I looked at one of your videos. It was like the promo video. And I think everyone should see that that promo <laughs> video. Because, well, not only, you know, you're, you're speaking, but you also have clips of, of basketball games and a couple of the principles that you talk about in your book. It's a really strong and powerful, I think it's like a two-minute video or or it's not a long video, yeah. but it's very powerful. You go through, um, I think, five principles uh, you do. Uh, I have written down over here, um, help them up, which is the t- title of the book, yeah. but you also have huddle, touch five, and bench. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because each one of those, like you're like, oh, huddle, uh, yeah. 
But when you showed the video and there's so many different teams doing it, it's like, oh, wow. You know, that's, <laughs> I never noticed that. Like it's, it's a lot of little subtle things that these teams are doing that unless you're like what you do, you study it. It just goes by the wayside. Yeah. It's amazing. So let's just talk a little about like, I don't know, let's pick one. Uh, touch five. Yeah, well, one, uh, you know, I've listened to a lot of your uh, episodes and your research is always so good. Um, <laughs> like with, with Chip Baker, you know, I've connected oh, yeah. with him, awesome guy, and you pulled out a question that he was like, oh, <laughs> so, um, that says a lot about you and wanted to give your, your audience, uh, you know, the best information possible. So thank you for, for watching the video. Oh, no problem. No problem. <laughs> but like I said, you know, like the touch five, the part of the video that I liked was, it wasn't just on the foul line. And a lot of people see that on the foul line where, you know, they make the shot and then all the guys come and give high five, but it's also like on a layup. And these teams are not just walking up to, I mean, they're like running. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think for the, the touch five, that's a great point. Like in the, in the video, um, Villanova, who's uh, won the national championship a few times the past few years for the men's side, like they, it's so cool. The first one, the first two guys in the paint, give them a high five, one behind them. And then the best players in the NBA now, Jalen Brunson, he was talking to the coach and the guy's just standing there with his hand yes. and he waited like two or three seconds and the referee's holding the ball. Like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> and he ran over and, and did it. But Villanova is one of the best teams of the country and they consistently do that stuff. Um, and then the other one was Tufts women's basketball and their division three team. And they were the number one team in the country for, I believe uh, 10 weeks uh, this past year and the player misses the shot and still all four girls run over and give her um, a high five or pat on the back. And so that's what touch five is, is all five players on the court coming together and offering like, Hey, you know, Hey Eric, like you got this, make the next one or a good shot. Like, or, you know, or you can communicate like, Hey, we're in this defense next time. So it's just like a, a time to come together. And as you said, with touches, like a high, like after somebody makes a, a shot or something like that, going over and give them a high five is, is proven um, through an NBA study that the teams that touch more win more. And the players that engage in those touches, a fist bump, a pat on the back, or a high five, that they usually perform better as well. And, you know, like th that requires no talent. And um, I think it's something that you could very easily work into a practice. Like if we're doing a layup drill, every time you run by your teammates, make sure you give them a high five. And those all add up. Like you said, small little minuscule things that make a big difference. Oh, no, definitely, definitely. There's a... Um... I was I had someone on a podcast and they were talking about I can't, can't remember the uh, basketball player's name, but they said he does an uh, an excessive amount of high fives, <laughs> but they said it's contagious. Mm. He high fives for any reason, like even if like he's on the bench and somebody scores, like he'll be giving high five to the guy on the bench. They're not even on the on the court. Mm. But it is a contagious thing that all of a sudden, like the next guy's doing it. And then all of a sudden, everybody's doing it. One of the things also that I saw was a bench. Yeah. And and that's that's great because they come off the field, off the, the court, they get the, the high fives all the way down the bench. Yeah. I love that you mentioned like giving high fives to the players that are also on the bench. Right. Uh, like that's and that's all sports. You know, it could translate also into like companies like sometimes you're going to be the one presenting for you know whatever it may be and you got to just cheer on the people that are that are up you don't want to be you know um 
you know, just focused on your time being on the bench, but how can you add value to the team? So um, I think that's a, a great thing that you mentioned is giving your teams, your teammates beside you on the bench high fives. But I also saw uh, every time a, a team made a three pointer, one player would run down the uh, run down from the top of the bench and give everybody high fives every time the team made a three. And that was really cool. And I also think it shows like how engaged those players are. Because your goal, you know, as as competitors and, and athletes, you want to be in the game. So if you're paying attention to the game, opposed to you know bat, body language screams. So if you're kind of leaned back and and you know shoulders shrugged and looking in different directions, then if your coach looks over at you, that's not a, a great sign that you're ready to go. And so I think uh, you should be celebrating your teammate's success because you know when your team scores, you score, and when they get a stop, you get a stop. And that's uh, you know the mindset of the bench. And uh, the best teams in the country definitely have a, a very fun bench to, to watch. And some of them are very creative. You know, there's some good dancing out there. So uh, you got to keep your eye out for some of these these really creative teams. It's funny. You said that I was thinking of there was a team, a college team, that every time someone scores big, like the bench would do something like like rowing or like yeah. if they were bowling. or, <laughs> or And it got to a point that the announcers were like, Okay, what are they going to do now? Like they weren't <laughs> even watching the game; they were watching the team's bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know Monmouth is a team I mentioned in the book for that. And if you type in like Monmouth men's basketball, they're doing the row the boat and yes. they're shooting arrows into the and the, they went viral <laughs> on ESPN. And so that just that energy is just contagious, like you were saying. So it that's is. awesome. It is, and you know, you said something a moment back where you said companies can do this. And we're not talking about like, you know, every day you come in and everybody's like, ah, high five, but just a subtle thing, like every day come in and just say hi to the people who are, you know, that you're walking by the desk, mm-hmm. you know, something, Hey, how are you? Hey, how's everything? And, yeah. um, it brought me a memory back where, um, I used to work on a trading floor and they had security guards at the trading floor before you could walk in and you had to have a badge. I always said hello to the security guards. I would go to, hey, morning, talk to them. I would go in, come back. If I went to the cafeteria, you guys want coffee? Anybody need need coffee? No, 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 thank you. No problem. And you would see people sometimes who didn't have a badge. And they're like, oh, you don't have a badge. You have to go get a temporary one. There was one day I didn't have my badge. And I walked over and I'm like, Oh, I don't have my badge. And like, don't worry, Eric, go by. Wow. And I was like, no, no, I'll go, I'll, I'll go, I'll go get a temporary badge. And like, no, no, we know, we know you. And I take that from just acknowledging that their job, look, do they really want to stand there and watch, look for everybody's badge of people that they've seen every day, but it's their job. And just a little bit of acknowledgement, the guys are like, don't worry about it. Just, just, just go in the touch five. Yeah. I, shake their hands. Good morning. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a high five and go, but if you just acknowledge your team, your, your office mates, you know, your, your team on the, on the court, it makes a big difference. That's awesome. I love that story. And I appreciate you sharing that because it shows that like, in no way did you do that to like, you know, in case that day happened, you just did it genuinely because everybody deserves to be greeted um, and feel valued no matter what your job title is or what your role is and that made me think of a story with some of the books i i mailed some out and i was going to the usps store pretty consistently and i would uh use uh paypal so i'd print out the shipping labels and all i had to do was just hand it to them and they scanned it and um 
when I would just greet the, uh, I don't know his name, but we're just very friendly. Like, hey, how's it going? And he goes, hey, what's up, man? Like more books? I'm like, yeah, you know, just a few. And uh, that's pretty much our conversation. And then, you know, the next time I came, I saw him uh, putting up the, the, the American flag. They were like replacing it. And I was like, I just check, stopped by. And he was on the ladder and asked if he needed help. He's like, no, I'm all good, but thank you. And then over the past few weeks, like if there's a big line, not that I was cutting, but he would just wave me and say like, you're good, right? And so like, there's a way to, to mail them with just putting them in the mailbox. But I just wanted to make sure that they were getting handled properly. So brought him in. So he would just say, hey, you can, he would wave me over and just let me hand it to him and then and cut the line because like I didn't need to really be seen. And that was just, uh, you know, a small gesture on his part. Um, and then, you know, for Christmas, I gave him a, you know, a free signed book and just said, thank you for all that you've done for me and happy holidays. So um, I just think it's great to pay it forward and stories like that hopefully inspire people to act that way, you know, moving forward, not, exactly. to, you know, not to get anything, but just to be a good person. Exactly. Like you said, you weren't looking to cut the line. Like I wasn't looking, but because you acknowledge them and you, you treat them the right way, you know, it always comes back to you. Now you also had a story on one of your videos <laughs> about, um, and I'm going to go back to what you guys were, were, were playing. You said something about your brother and oh, playing the title of the one. book. Yeah. And you said, no, you said about, uh, help, help them up. Oh yeah, yeah. And when you, when you fell, you already said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll talk about my, talking about my true brother, Ben, all, the, the whole time. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so help them up is the title. So if your teammate falls over, you help them up. And, uh, at Syracuse where he was a manager and the grad assistant we'd play pickup all the time five on five and it was really good basketball just like just guys that get get how to play the game and don't want to call fouls or complain they just want to have fun and um there was a time where he got the rebound I started running down the court and he passed me the ball I run down and get fouled um did not make the shot I don't, I don't recall <laughs> but I don't think it went in but I got fouled and um, Ben was the farthest person down um, on the other end. And he somehow sprinted all the way down and uh, made sure he was the first person to help me up. And uh, that's kind of the inspiration of where it came from. But just having him as a teammate my whole life, he's always valued that. And I don't know where he got it from, but I just know it inspired me to want to, you know, be that teammate and help my teammates up. And uh, I think, you know, for anybody listening, it's not just physically, but lifting the spirits of your people um, around you. And, uh, and we, hopefully the people around you, you know, their personalities and, you know, you know, their energy. So if you talk to them and they're having a tough day, you can check in and, and see what's going on. And if they need to pick me up, um, you know, you can be that person for them and, and they'll hopefully do the same for you. Um, but I think help, help them up is, uh, it's really cool to see. And like that video you mentioned, Villanova, all four guys in the, the national semifinal sprinted over. And my favorite part of the video is is that the head coach Jay Wright took two steps towards the guy that fell over as if he was going to help him up, and then he's like, "Oh, all my guys are here. I don't need to do it." <laughs> and uh, that's just so cool that they were programmed to really care about their their teammate. And that's what it does. It shows you have their back and, and their best interest in mind. That's awesome, awesome. <laughs> now these fourteen principles, like I said, four of them help them up, huddle, touch five, and bench, plus all the other ones. These are just not sports they're stories of sports but you're not only putting this out to uh, the athletic arena yeah right all of these principles are principles that could be transferable into business correct yes absolutely it's geared for p 
people who love sports, but if a, if a business person wants to pick this up, they'll understand exactly what's going on in their business. Yeah. I believe if you have that growth mindset where you're like, hey, this isn't exactly what we do, but there's a, it's definitely a, a message that we can apply to our, uh, our team. Uh, I think that uh, there's a lot of valuable information. And um, just like to name a few, like point to the passer is like, like, hey, Eric, you know, you did a really good, you did a really good job or finished a project. And it's like, maybe you weren't the main person to do it, but you contributed a lot. So it's like, hey, Dan, you did a really good job. Like, no, no, no. Like it was a team effort. Eric did this, this and this and make sure that you get included. So point to the passer, like in basketball is if somebody passes the ball and the, the team that they pass it to scores, instead of saying, like, look at me, you're doing one of those cool celebrations. Right. You set, you point and it's a nice pass, Eric. And then you're like, oh, like, like, I feel like I scored too. And then it makes you want to do it again. And hopefully I reciprocate. So, um, you know, point to the passer is one. And then um, the accountability circle, I think, is a really cool one. Um, and uh, basically what it is, it's a, a time where the team meets after a practice or, you know, a, day, a long day of work. Um, but it's usually pretty consistent, uh, like after every single practice for uh, basketball. And uh, you meet in a circle so you can make eye contact with everyone. And it's a safe space. So it's not a time where you point fingers um, or, or blame anybody. It's just like, hey, we're here to try to get better as a team. And any kind of communication that we want to have should be done here and not off the court. And so it's really cool, like, if you, because you can praise your teammates, you know, like, hey, Ben, uh, in basketball, you did a really good job today talking on defense, uh, rebounding and uh, cheering your teammates on. And that's like a good way to involve guys that maybe don't play a lot or maybe it's the managers that are part of the team and just people that don't get a lot of praise, uh, you know, outside of game day or, you know, the guys that do get praise on game day, you focus on the other ones a little bit more. Um, But then you progress to a a more um, tougher conversation where it's like, Hey Dan, you're one of our better players, but today you didn't do a good job on defense and you didn't, um, you weren't cheering on your teammates a lot. And we know that you can do these things at a high level and we need you to do them every time, especially as a leader on this team. Um, and I think you know, there's two stories that I have that I think uh, just kind of prove that this is a, a positive thing. Uh, I had a, a kid that I used to coach and his dad was like, hey, Dan, like read your book. And our family implemented the accountability circle um, at our house. So there are two have a high school senior, a high school freshman and the mom and dad. Um, and they just did it during COVID. And, uh, you know, these kids these days are playing a lot of video games. Um, so maybe they're not having a lot of family time and, and whatever it may be. So this is an intentional time where they're going to have those conversations um, in a safe space. And the other one was at a, a Syracuse basketball camp where uh, these kids, I, I just uh, we, basically at Syracuse camp, they have a draft. And um, I get kids that, that are super fast, um, kids that are talk on defense, that help each other up. Uh, give each other high fives and I call them check mark kids. So they all have numbers one through a hundred and then at nighttime you draft them. Um, so I get 10 kids that are just, you know, just great, you know, hustle players and, and right. teammates. And um, I get geeked up talking about it because like, that's the ideal type of kid I want to coach. And the accountability circle um, will meet after every game and you have three games a day. So, you know, the only thing about the accountability circle is like, if you say, Hey, I didn't do a good job uh, with my shot selection. I took some bad shots today. Then for the rest of the week, you can't use that one again. Uh, and oh. so all these kids, yeah. So then for the rest of the week, the kids like, hey, like, so now he has to focus on taking better shots. And uh, so they all say one thing that they can do better. 
Um, and then we do that after every game. And then they also praise each other like, hey, Eric, you did a really good job today you know, diving on the ground for loose balls. And then like the other kids are looking like that's like a good thing like that looks and then they're like so they start diving on the ground because they want to get praised as well. Yeah. Um, so you just get, a, you know, a group of kids that buy into the right things that you can control on every single play um, and amazing things happen. And I just think it's a, a valuable resource, something that I learned from Coach Mantegna, who's a great coach out in New Jersey at Blair Academy. And um, just hopefully to hopefully hear some great stories about people that have implemented it. No, that's that's awesome because in sports you have to be a little bit of a uh, you have to have a hard nature to yourself because sometimes you know things don't go right and they're not going to nicely tell you you know you're going to be sometimes bluntly told there's no time during a game to candy coat things <laughs> absolutely but if you have that culture set that hey you know I'm going to praise you but at certain times when you do something wrong. I'm going to let you have it. And it's nothing against you personally. It's, it's just, you know, the behavior, the, the behavior that we're, we're, we're instilling here. Yeah. Then everybody is in the same boat. But if you're always praising like one group of people and then you're not talking to the other group and then all of a sudden, let's say the person on the bench who doesn't play a lot comes in and then you, you like ream them. Well, it's going to be worse on him than the other players because he's not getting that, that team, that team culture. Yeah, I was listening to to a podcast. I listen to like tons of podcasts. So <laughs> I was listening to a podcast, and, and this one one business guy, what he does is he makes he makes cards out, and in the front are the things you do good, and on the back are the things that you should be working on. And he gives everybody so everybody knows you know what they're doing well and what they need to work on. And he said, if I just gave them stuff of what they do bad, then, then it's just going to put them in this mindset. Like, oh my God, am I, are they going to fire me? You know, is this, you know, what's going to happen? So if you give them the good and the bad, it eases the team up. And it's almost like the accountability circle, like you said, where, you know, we're going to tell you all the stuff that goes good. And then little by little, we're going to let you also know some of the harsh realities, which you need to work on. That's awesome. Awesome. Now there's a there's a saying that I noticed that you say, which it's not you didn't make it because I've heard it before, but I, I saw you twice use it. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Where did you hear that? How how do you like to instill that? Yeah, I, I don't know why that's resonated well so so much um, with me. Um, there's a really cool picture I posted about it on, um, on social media with a bunch of lions, just like a pack of lions. And it's, this is like a really cool picture. And, um, and it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. Um, you know, you can go by yourself, you can do your own thing, or, or if you want to go far, go together. And, um, I just, I think it's so powerful that like, you know, all of us together are so much stronger than any single one of us individually. And uh, if we have the mentality, like I, you know, like I'm learning from you, like that's a great, you know, idea that you just mentioned about, you know, giving note cards to your, your people. And so now in my head, I'm thinking about how I can do that with the players I coach. Um, so, you know, we're always paying it forward and trying to pass it on. Um, right. And like you said, I didn't make up that quote. I just try to put it out there. So people will hopefully think about, you know, success in a different way. And I think say a lion goes off and the goal is to get to that mountain um, and they do it by themselves. Um, I think it would be a lot more meaningful if you bring all your, you know, your pack um, along with you and you all do it together. You know, I think something that I've kind of been focused on recently is uh, birds flying in a V. 
Um, I've done some research on it and it's just like, you know, the, the bird, the, the, it's just a, a unique way where the bird in the front has like the hardest job. And then when they get tired, they kind of fly back and uh, somebody, another bird will fly up and then, uh, you know, it's the geese going, um, you know, flying across um, from the winter and then they take the front. And so they're all playing to their strengths. And I did another cool thing with your research is like, you know, you're obviously great with your research. Um, <laughs> I learned that if one's wounded or sick, two of the, the two of the geese will fly down with it and they'll wait till it either feels better or till it dies. And then they'll join another group of geese that's flying um, in the V. So it's like, Hey, this, you know, you're not with your team anymore, but they're, I love the, the word includer and being inclusive. And so like, they're like, Hey, this, these guys aren't initially on our team, but we'll take them. We're all going in the same direction. So if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Well, I was thinking the exact thing with the geese when you, <laughs> I was thinking exactly that, oh. but I didn't know the part with the wounded. Yeah. I did know the other part. So that the wounded part, I learned something new today. <laughs> that's awesome. I was pumped when I saw that. Yeah. That's, 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 a, that's a great metaphor. And um, like I said, that, that goes really, that goes really far, but it's funny. Cause I was like, yeah, I know that one. Then when you said the other thing, I'm like, wait, where's he going with this? I don't know about the wounded part. <laughs> <laughs> well, for you, when you were coaching, like, what do you, like, how did you kind of instill that, that team first mentality where it's like, we're better together kind of thing? Well, what I would do before every game, and like you said, like with the guy with the, giving the high five and he was waiting for the other team and the, and the ref, yeah. the ref was waiting. Yeah. Before every game, I would have the, the football players line up and do their stretching. And while they stretched, I went to every single player and gave them high five or gave them a, a bump on their on their uh, shoulder pads, gave them an encouraging word from the captains who I had in the front to every single player to the kid who never played or played very, very little. I went to each player. We had 50-something players. I went to all 50 something players and a couple of times the refs would want to talk to the two, two uh, coaches before the game. I'd be like, hold on. (laughs) I went to each player just showing them that you're all important to me. You're all part of my family. Like on Mm. the field, whenever you get on the field, practice or not, you're my family Mm. outside. You have your family, but as soon as you start putting suiting up, you're my family. I'll tell you, I had such a great group of kids who wanted to learn. And the toughest part of my coaching was having to win because sometimes having to win, I, there's some players that didn't get to play. And, and you know, as coaching, it, it's a tough thing. You want everybody to be involved. But when you start coaching at the higher levels, like you're, you're paid to pull, you're paid to win. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's tough though. I was having a huge football roster, like, it's not easy. The fact that you were so intentional with doing that, I'm sure went a long way uh, and, and showed that you didn't just care about the player. You cared about the person, you know, under that helmet um, right. and, and the, that equipment. And that's the thing that's really good. And I think, you know, something like the accountability circle, when you think of it as a football team, like that's probably tough. You know, it's probably a tough thing to do with, you know, 50 guys and a coaching staff. Um, but you have your positions and you, know, you can do your your offense, you know, your offensive line and, and break it down into little ones. So it's more intimate. Right. Um, and then maybe have like a leadership council where one person from each of those groups can kind of come together and relay that information and things like that. Um, right. But that's that's awesome that that you did that and and made sure that made an effort to to dap up or give a high five to every kid. 
Yeah. Well, the other thing too is like one of the things I used to do, there was one team that constantly were underperforming. Like they always came in last place and all. And um, I still remember the first time we played them, I think our first play, like we scored a touchdown and it was like, oh, geez, here we go again. So they didn't score. We did like four plays. We scored a touchdown. At first, what I did was I told the quarterback, I said, you're not allowed to throw the ball for the rest of the game. And he's like, what are you talking about? I, I said, you're not allowed. I said, we, we, we can't run the score up on, on these guys. And then I made the running backs and, and the wide receivers only run within the hash. And then we, and we took, I put, I kept the starting offensive line. I put all the backup quarterbacks and the backup running backs, but I wanted to have the line. And then I took all the line guys out and put, so you, I started bringing as many people in, not wanting to run the score up, but also making it a little bit competitive so that, you know, it's a, it's a game and not like we want them to give up. But a lot of teams don't think of the other teams. There's no reason to run scores up on people. In the, in the pros, no problem. <laughs> it, actually, in college, sometimes they run them up. In high school, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to diminish anybody's feelings by being up like 60 points <laughs> on them. Yeah. So it, it goes more, you're with the team, your team, but then now it becomes a more community thing. Like these people are their friends. You know, they, they see them, they, they, some of them are our teammates from prior like basketball leagues and things like that. So you want them all to feel good. Hmm. Yeah. But, um, and, yeah. And then think about the message you're sending to your players, you know, like okay, you just talked about how it's, it would be tough to be intentional with all your kids, but if you're subbing in those kids that don't play a lot and you could be winning by 40, 50, 60 points, you know, football, you guys, seven points is a touchdown. It goes up a lot faster than you know, some <laughs> other sports um, like baseball or something like that. But that message of like, Hey, coach, like cares about sportsmanship one. Um, and, and, you know, he's and two, um, he's trying to give guys opportunities to play because he knows how much time they put into practice and how they prepare the, the starters to be ready for game day. I think those are the type of life lessons that a transformational coach like yourself, you value. Um, and know that that's so much more important than what the scoreboard says. And honestly, when you do those things, um, clearly you were doing a lot of things right to put yourself in a position to be winning. Um, so I think those things aren't, uh, you're not replacing being a culture coach um, with winning. I think they, they come with uh, one comes with the other. So um, right. that's a, another great story that you just shared. Well, now I'm going to give you a choice. Okay, so I always talk about alignment, stance, responsibility, and technique. And I always talk about that from a alignment standpoint where, you know, alignment, you make sure you're two feet away from each other and you're a foot back from the center. Uh, stance, how you're going to have your footwork, what's your responsibility for the, on the play, and what technique you're going to use. I always use it as a, a metaphor for business. Alignment. You know, what are you aligned with in your company? Who's aligned with, who, who are you aligned with in your company? Mm-hmm. A stance, what's your goals? What's your responsibility and what's your technique? I can pick one and have you uh, talk about what you think off the top of your head, or do you want to pick one yourself? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you do it. Let's put me on the spot a little bit. You know, it's okay. a little out of my comfort zone, but I'll give it my best shot. There you go. There you go. Okay. I'm going to make it easy. Since you're a culture guy, let's do stance stance culture wise like yeah. what does it what does a company stand for like what what yeah. do you think how important is that and what do you think about culture yeah i think that's a very good way to, a good, very good metaphor 
uh, stands. Like for me, I kind of feel like it's what what we're about. You know, what what do we stand for? And you know, like what are we gonna put our feet in in the mud and you know in our cleats and and make sure that's like how we do things around here. For me, I think it's creating an environment where four things happen. I think you know it's an inclusive environment, so everyone feels safe, everyone feels valued, everyone has a voice, and then everybody experiences joy in their day to day. You know, life is life is short. Um, you know, every day is precious, and I think we should approach, like you said, greeting each other and just saying hello and smiling um, or, or waving, um, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, those little things like how do we treat each other? And then um, I would also say like seeing the bigger picture, like, yes, we're all striving to win a game or or su- succeed in some way. But it's all about, you know, making sure that everybody is um, is, is a part of the team and a part of the winning um, and uh, and making sure that we that we're resilient and, and have the mentality where, you know, we're mentally tough and not everything's going to be perfect. Uh, but we will get through this together. And, um, you know, it goes back to that quote, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Um, just knowing that, like, that we have each other's back, I think is is probably the most important thing. Good, good. All right, so you, so it wasn't as hard. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up. You gave me an alley oop. So yes, yes. Well, actually, it's funny because I've been I've been testing the waters with this, and uh, one time I actually just hit the guy. He says, "I'm going to give you a word." I didn't even tell him what the words were. <laughs> <laughs> so at least I gave you the words ahead of time. Yes, I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Now, how can people find out more about what you're doing and about your book? Yeah, so uh, on Twitter, my name is Dan Horowitz, one D-A-N-H-O-R-W-I-T-Z. And then my uh, website is www.danhorowitz.com. And uh, yeah, my book is on Amazon, and um, you'll find a link there. And then in terms of my leadership consulting, like working with teams, uh, sports teams or companies to help improve things like uh, you know accountability and overall leadership uh, development, things like that. Um, with, I've done a few zoom calls with some college and high school teams with basketball and the things that we just talked about, like the touch five and the bench, I watch game film and then I meet with the team over zoom and I take some screenshots and show them like, Hey, you guys, your teammates on the ground, like, where are you guys? Uh, or like, Hey, you guys did a really good job all standing up on the, on the sideline and on the bench. So that's been a really fun part of my leadership consulting that I've been able to do lately. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put all that information. I'm going to put the links on the show notes. So hopefully everybody can get in touch with you, get your book, get in touch with you to have their, their schools. Matter of fact, I have a college that I, um, I talked to the coach. I think I'm going to tell him about your book. See, cause uh, he does it. Yeah. Cause he does a lot of group reading with the team and with, and with his staff. So I think that book is going to be good, good for him. Thank you so much. Yeah, nope. that's, that's really nice. No problem. No problem. Now my last question. Okay. Fourth and goal. One minute left on the clock. And game's on the line. Give us something to leave with. Yeah. So like I said, got to give a shout out to Tammy Matheny for, con- for connecting us. And, and I loved her response and how she kind of broke it down. So for me, I love that, you know, as, as a football coach, I love the halfback option pass, uh, which is when the quarterback, has the ball and they're running to the, you know, this is to the right and they can, they have the option to either run it or pitch it to the running back. And in my situation, they pitch it to the running back. Uh, and then the wide receiver is blocking the cornerback as if it is a running play and then waits a few seconds and then runs deep. 
And I won't, I'm not saying after in high school, that'd probably work, but sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I scored a touchdown on that almost every, <laughs> um, every few games I would get an open touchdown just because that would work at that age group. Um, but uh, in regard to that, I guess putting it all together, like say I scored the touchdown. I mean, I probably had the easiest job at a fake block and then run deep and, and score. But I would say, you know, for the, the listeners and just like a message for everyone is like, yes, you you might um, achieve something that's great or achieve success, but it's all about the people that helped you get there. You know, in that football analogy, it's the lineman, uh, it's the quarterback, it's the running back that uh, that threw the ball to you and and made you look good. Um, so, you know, it's the, that team first mentality. So whether it's your family, uh, your friends or, or professional network that helped you. Uh, you know, achieve something. Uh, I think it's really important to give them a shout out. Like, you know, like I said, Tammy is the one who connected us and she's been such a great resource. And, you know, it's it's great when you appreciate the people that look out for you. And now hopefully I can continue to pay it forward uh, and help others and, and be a positive impact in their lives. Awesome. Awesome. That was great. That was great. Well, again, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Hey, coach, much success on your book. You're a young guy. You've got a lot of knowledge in that short period of time. <laughs> and, and I like that, like you said, that you're paying it forward. Thanks once again for coming on. Hey coach. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. This was a lot of fun and uh, you have very positive, uh, contagious energy to you and, and just, uh, you seem like a very kind hearted uh, family man. So keep doing what you're doing and thank you again. Thank, thank you. Take care. I'd like to once again, thank Dan for coming on the Hey coach podcast, the wealth of knowledge that's in his book, is so simple yet so strong a couple of the points one point to the passer giving praise to someone who's done good a small acknowledgement goes a long way two the accountability circle a safe place where you can call out to things that were done well as well as hold people accountable to their shortcomings and help them up lift the spirits of the people around you Lifting others shows everyone you have their back, and in turn, the others will have yours. As always, I will put Dan's information on the show notes, so this way you can get in touch with him, get his book. Also, if you like what you're hearing from me, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please leave me a five-star rating. It does help other people find my show. And if you have any questions or comments for me, please email me at eric at heycoachreyes.com. Until next time, find someone and help them up. Take care.